This is the Author Archive podcast. I'm David Freeman, and this conversation I had with Mark Lawson really is from the archive. This was recorded about 30 years ago, and he had just published a book with three political stories in them. And one seems very relevant now. It's called Bloody Margaret. We are haunted by images of Mrs. Thatcher, and she is praised to the skies. And when this was written, about 1991, it didn't feel like that. This is satire. It was written at the time when John Major was Prime Minister, and Mark Lawson has some pretty pungent views on the state of the nation as Margaret Thatcher left it. Yeah, I think you're you're definitely right about that. I think that one of the things that I try to touch on in these stories is the way in which countries do to some extent and and voters do take on the um, characteristics of those who lead them. And I think that was certainly the case with Margaret Thatcher. And it's oddly, it's the only thing that John Major has really taken from her reign is that John Major's constant invocation of all these um, citizens' charter and children's charter and dogs' charter and everything. Um, the idea is that if you don't get what you want, you complain. And I think that in a lot of cases, this just leads to um, to rudeness. Um, but it certainly is something that grew up there. And it's something that really interests me is the way that people do mimic their leaders. And I think that it's due to um, television. And it's obviously something they picked up. I remember being in a bar in America last year when... Um, there were, I was listening to the conversation, which is something I tend to do, partly for that story. And it was incredible that someone, the four men sitting around, I think attorneys or bankers, and one of them would say, can I bring you in here now, Bill? And another one would say, I've got to cut you off there, David. And um, there was a lot of that going on. And people were saying, instead, if they didn't know the answer, they'd say, um, I can't comment on that, or I don't have that information to hand. And it was extraordinary. So yes, I think that does happen. And I think you know, I mean, one of your local authors, um, Desmond Morris, um, who I recently interviewed, um, he has written a lot about this. But I think that because of television, um, that kind of mimicry goes on, and it certainly goes on in terms of politicians. In America, for example, you see that, um, which is hard, obviously, to do on radio, but that gesture, which a lot of people will associate with Ronald Reagan, a kind of shrug of the shoulders and sort of dip of the head to sort of look humble and sort of, oh, shucks kind of thing. An incredible number of Americans of his age now do that, just absolutely routinely. That little look that uh, Reagan used to do, is that a little bit like uh, the look that Margaret Thatcher gave to gentlemen of the church? Yes, I mean, that's, um, well, his was more sort of humble, I suppose. Um, <laughs> she, she had that, she had that incredible killing look, which mm. she practiced, um, as you say, particularly on church leaders here and on foreign leaders abroad, other than Ronald Reagan and particularly Mitterrand. But I mean, Francois Mitterrand could look after himself. And that was one of the, um, the joys of their meetings was the, um, the frosty glares between them. Presumably your book has been well lawyered before it came out. I mean, we can now talk about all this because of the, the death of Robert Maxwell, another of your local residents. I mean, it's a strange thing, the laws of libels, but there were people there were people who were untouchable, basically. Um, it was very hard to print anything about Robert Maxwell when he, when he was alive. It applies now to... Because well, there was always a lawyer there, that's why. <laughs> yes, I know, absolutely. It applies now to Andrew Lloyd Webber, Jeffrey Archer. Um, we have surprisingly little. Politicians are, are quite robust people on the whole. I mean, for example... Um, 
and I'm quite careful, more careful than some people in the book. I mean, columnists were writing quite freely in the last year of um, Margaret Thatcher's time as Prime Minister that she was balmy, that she'd lost her marbles, that she was a few sandwiches short of a picnic. Now, um, it's hard to imagine doing that, say, about Robert Maxwell or any of the other figures we mentioned. So they are tougher about it. But um, you, you quote, I, I will quote from your story, bonkers she looks if you ask me, smooth for 62, admittedly, and improbably alert for three hours sleep she claims to take, but a quality of derangement emanates from her. Mm. A few tacos short of a combination platter. <laughs> what a ghastly one that is. <laughs> It'll stick in the in the mind, I know, like a fishbone in the throat. But you presumably have been closer to her than I. The closest I ever got was to interview um, her consort, um, who had been... He, he had obviously had a glass of wine at lunchtime at the time. Um, but did she have this impression, did she give this impression that she emanated derangement? Well, I think so. I mean, well, another point that's made in the book is that um, it, it goes back to about, um, it touches on the 70s and sort of someone remembering. And some of it, when she becomes um, prime minister in 1979, the point is made that the opposition um, were quite calm. They assumed that she couldn't po possibly last very long because of what said her disturbing personal manage, uh, manner and that she's not very good on television. And one of the things I want to write about is the way in which um, leaders, if they go on a long time, um, do, I mean, you know, you can put it how you want, but they do start to behave pretty oddly. I mean, one of the things that led me to write this book was that if you read commentators on the right, um, they present the 1980s as a time when leadership came back in a big way in the West, that after people like um, Wilson, Callaghan and Carter in the 70s, you get Reagan and Thatcher in the 80s. Now, when you look behind that, um, it just amused me that these two supposedly great leaders, we have um, Ronald Reagan, who it's now quite clear was being run by two astrologers um, when he was awake, um, who it's now clear that his wife was very largely um, running the presidency. And then on our, our own side, less seriously, but um, there are very odd things about Margaret Thatcher. I mean, this great leader, it's now clear as far as we can tell, and I mean, I've checked as hard as I can. Once a month, she went and sat in a bathtub in Shepherd's Bush and had small electric currents pass through her in the interest of making herself look more youthful. She referred to herself as we, and one of the um, bits that I have fun with in the book is that for at least five years, she was calling herself we, and her supporters would say, only oh, she means the cabinet, which is an odd thing to assume given the way she treated the cabinet. But in fact, then the game was up when she said, we are a grandmother. And, um, you know, you could pull in, you know, like, whatever you want, the Merth Professor of English from Oxford. But, I mean, nobody could claim that that was grammatically justifiable as anything other than um, a sort of regal peculiarity. So I wanted to write about this strange way um, in which, while presented to people as extraordinary and um, upright leaders, there are these little odd things going on in the background. Prolonged exposure to power always takes the same toll, you write. So who'd want it? Well... I totally agree with you on that. I um, I mean, the easiest thing for politicians to say about those who write about politics like me is that we're frustrated politicians and we desperately want to be in there. I've actually never suffered from that. I mean, it seems to me I have um, more sympathy than may be apparent in that book for those who get to the top in politics um, because of what you have to give up. I mean, if you think about it, um, if you get to the very top now of a large country, and we're talking obviously about Thatcher, Reagan, Bush, um, when his presidency ends, you are giving up all freedom forever for the rest of your life. You can never walk on a beach after that um, without four people walking by the seashore, talking into their wrists and 
um, people in dark glasses following you everywhere. Um, you can't get in a car without it being checked for bombs and all of that. And it seems to me, I mean, in a way, if you assume that countries um, need to be led by someone, and I think most of us would agree on that, and that those people should be elected, I think we're actually lucky that people are still prepared to do it because I don't greatly see what the advantages are. I mean, it's interesting that, I mean, someone like Douglas Hurd, I mean, you not someone I know, but I mean, you hear from people who know him. Um, of, he's going to all these countries as foreign secretary, and he's a man of some culture and learning, and he simply isn't able to go and mm. see the sites that he would want to see. Um, and yes, they're I, giving up everything. Yes, I heard that even when he went to see the pantomime in Chipping Norton, he had to take some very bulky friends yeah. with him. <laughs> well, exactly, and you know, in, in a way that's comic, but I mean, I think it's... Um, it is. It's just a, a desperately tragic thing that um, your life will never be normal again. What started this wide-ranging conversation was this book that really made me laugh out loud. Bloody Margaret, Three Political Fantasies, published by Picador, written by Mark Lawson. Mark, thank you. Thanks, David. Mark Lawson talking to me about 30 years ago in Oxford, which explains the Oxford allusions in what he was saying. And the fact it was recorded 30 years ago when everything was on tape, and that accounts for the interesting tonal quality. But um, I love his view of Margaret Thatcher, Bloody Margaret. It's still available. And it's in a book with three political fantasies, but the funniest is the one about Margaret Thatcher. This is the author archive. <laughs> 